right, so welcome back to the Rookies Podcast. We're on episode 25 now. So just quickly, I want to introduce myself. My name is Stefan Schultz. I'm currently interning at Cosmos as social media and marketing executive. Uh, I'm joined here today by Sam Adams, who's also interning as a digital media executive. Jack McLean, who we've also got here, is interning as account executive. Uh, Laura Shatka, who's a full-time as executive assistant in corporate services. And lastly, Evan O'Connor, who's the director of sales and services at Cosmos. Um, so before we kind of get into the topics, uh, today we're going to be talking about NFL, um, more focused on football kind of. And I just wanted to kind of break the ice with you guys. And I just wanted to get everyone's kind of background in football. So I know Sam's played, but I kind of wanted to just figure out if anyone else has kind of played at all. Never, never really played. I think I tried one season when I was younger, um, but I was more of a, a rugby guy growing up. But yeah, never really on the field. Just kind of really got into it, fantasy football and everything through university and, and high school. So that's my background. Just a casual observer. Um, I also never, uh, never played organized football or anything, played a lot just out at the park with my friends, kind of pick up when I was younger. And other than that, I played a lot of rugby as well uh, growing up or in terms of organized uh, sports. Never grew up playing, but as a kid watched with my grandpa and dad, always college football and NFL as well. So I was a huge fan and got into fantasy just in university and kind of continued on ever since. So, you know, obviously a lot of offers to sign to the NFL with my arm, but had to turn that down to work at Cosmos. So here I am. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I actually played football since I was like grade four. Um, so it was a lot of years, a lot of seasons. Um, I actually played at Laurier for four years as a former offensive lineman. And yeah, I have a lot of experience. I've been watching the NFL since like I was like 10 years old. So watched a lot of football. Awesome. So, um, yeah, kind of going off of that, uh, you guys all obviously watch quite a lot of football. So I kind of just wanted to ask who your favorite teams were. Steelers, baby. Black and yellow. <laughs> Looks like two so, Eagles. Uh, I was going to say, I think we have two, two Eagles fans. Got a Super Bowl. Can we see it? Is that when you became the fan when uh when they won or were you a fan before that? That's a real question. Oh no, McNabb, come on, Vic. We don't uh -huh. tell okay. my dog. We don't tell my dog about <laughs> um, my fan, uh, me being a Vic fan. But um, through the Chip Kelly days, we made it through. Chip ring. Oh, <laughs> um, and now we're we're here. Carson Wentz has now moved on to be playing well for another team, even though he was supposed to be a promising pick, but still a fan. We're riding the wave. I got <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Uh, all, all the faith in Jalen Hurts. Cold and strong. <laughs> we, we have the Super Bowl now. That's all that matters. I never yeah. thought we'd get a Super Bowl, so I'm it's good fair. with whatever happens after that. What about you, Jack? 
Um, so I, I'm a bit of a homer. Uh, for that reason, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills, uh, closest team to Toronto. And then um, I also do like the Green Bay Packers. Got to love Aaron Rodgers. Nice, nice. So I put um, up a lot of points this week. Fingers crossed. <laughs> He's had a good year so far. He can miss one week. <laughs> so uh, just jumping into our first topic here, um, kind of more recent, uh, Odell Beckham released from the Browns Friday morning. Uh, so kind of just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts and where do you think he was going to sign? Yeah, it kind of looked like a, like a long time coming. I guess once that, uh, that video came out, I think from his dad, was it? Of like Baker Mayfield looking him off. Pretty much the writing was on the wall at that point. It's like he was, he was going to get moved on. They probably tried to trade him. I would, I would imagine they tried to trade him on Tuesday, um, but no one seemed to want him. And now it looks like, uh, well, he is released, but who knows where he's going. I, I have a couple of picks where he's going, but I'm curious to see what you guys think um, with him and where do you think he's going to end up. Yeah, uh, his dad was grinding tape. Like He put a, a full nine-minute video of Odell being open and then Baker just missing him completely or – or not just not even, even passing. His way. Yeah, yeah, not even looking his way. Like I yeah. think there's a legitimate gripe there. Um, I don't. I don't know. We could talk about Baker a bit, but I think a lot of the players we saw in the NFL on like social media were defending Odell. Um, and then I don't think Baker has the best reputation in the league right now. Huh. Now LeBron was one of those who is kind of saying free OBJ. So. Looks like he's an acting GM now for many, many sports teams and players. So uh, get him on there. But I know the Browns were, I think, working on lowering his salary cap to just save money because big uh, contract, rather trade him than release him. But it'll be interesting to see where he goes. As Evan said, there's a couple of teams, I think, he may end up signing with. But what are your takes, Jack? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think he's been a pretty big, big disappointment in Cleveland, though. Like the NFL is marketed around this guy so much and he just hasn't provided the highlights to show for it in a Browns jersey. When was the last time you saw him make a really spectacular catch? I know this year, his longest catch is 26 yards and he has yet to score a touchdown. So that has something to do with Baker Mayfield, probably a little bit, but uh, I think that's also on him. Yeah, for sure. He, he like he just hasn't looked the same. I think since his injury, um, he just looks slower and not as explosive as he did in his Giants days. Um, so I think I don't think it's all Baker's fault. I think he has some uh, blame to take there. But uh, I yeah, I don't. I, that marriage was never going to last between him and Baker. It was just like it, there was always some like sort of. So we're saying Baker. Eli Manning's a better quarterback than Baker. Yeah. Is, is that what we're doing? Two Super Bowls, I guess. Producing a better wide receiver. Eli's still not a Hall of Famer in my book. So. He beat the best, though. Twice. It's defense beat the best. <laughs> it's a shame, too, because I've always loved OBJ. Like, I followed him at LSU and saw big things coming for him in the NFL and just kind of he's obviously done well and made some great catches but like you said just hasn't performed kind of especially with the Browns it's like when was the last time you saw him make one of those crazy insane kind of just like one-handed catches that he's just known for and that's 
he has the personality he has kind of that status and kind of rapport with just many other athletes outside of football and he's such a marketable player there's obviously been controversy here and there but it's just kind of unfortunate that the situation had to end this way but hopefully that can be put aside in the new team that he signs with he can have a fresh start come off this injury and get back to the performance that we all know he's capable of and so what I'm wondering do we have another Tom Brady reclamation project on our hands here like I'm thinking uh Randy Moss kind of thing this might happen with Baker or with uh OBJ are the targets there though I don't know like well they already have it it's Antonio Brown like he's it's already there it's already in in Tampa He'd be the fourth best receiver. Yeah, it would be. And then you've made like fifth best because you have Gronk there too. Like he'd be the fifth target. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even OJ that. Howard behind Gronk. Like there's a lot no, of. It. Sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. No. One wide receiver. Like he's going to want to go somewhere he's number one, at least maybe number two. So. That's with with Tampa. It's knowing he would be number what three, four. I he's not. I don't know if he's gonna want to end up somewhere where he's not kind of top list receiving, right? Yeah, yeah. Like my my prediction would be the Ravens. I think that's the best fit for him. Um, a division opponent, so gets to play uh, Cleveland again this year. Um, I know there's a, a revenge factor. A lot of these guys that like sign. Um, I know Deshaun Jackson did this when the Eagles released him. He went to Washington, division opponent. It feels like it always happens to the Eagles. They go to division opponents. Um, and I think the Ravens could use him the most. Um, they have like Hollywood Brown. He's having a good year, actually. But besides that, I think they need a little more. Give Lamar some help. I think Lamar has a legit shot at MVP this year, too, like the way he's playing. So get Odell in that offense. I think they can go. I think they can go far. Yeah, I have Ravens as one of the top ones. And then, again, as a Steelers fan, I'd, I'd maybe rather not. because. But then again, maybe I do. So maybe it won't work out at all. So it'll be perfect for me. But um, Packers one kind of kind of sticks to me as well. Like, Rodgers is always saying how he never gets help on the offense. Like, OBJ would be a good number two behind Devontae. Um, I think it could work out. I think that would be a good spot for him. So speaking, speaking of Rodgers, I uh, kind of wanted to touch upon this. So Aaron Rodgers is out with COVID. Um, so kind of wanted to see how you guys would react and um, how you think NFL is kind of dealing with COVID in the second year with it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's uh, the way he's handled this is so weird. Like the way he like, like slightly said, Oh, I'm immunized when he asked if he's vaccinated early in the season. It's just like he knew he didn't want the backlash. So he said that and now it's coming back to bite him. And I think this year has proved that you, you have your you have your option, obviously, if you want to be vaccinated, that not vaccinated, that's all your personal decision. But I think it's clear in the NFL and other sports leagues, like if you're vaccinated, you have a competitive advantage over other players. Um, and I think this is a perfect example of this playing out. Like, um, yeah, he's going to have to miss this week and then maybe even next week, unfortunately. What's funny looking back now, I think a lot of people kind of 
it's seen hindsight being 2020 it kind of makes sense now because he showed no signs he was following the protocols other unvaxxed players had to so I don't know what was going on there um but um looks like the Chiefs might be able to win a game this week on the other hand maybe it's still a maybe maybe Jordan loves the new the new guy here who knows I'm gonna say yeah for me I think it's just the transparency is really key and it's kind of a shame he had a bit of a rough start to the season there is that kind of you know everyone was a little iffy with him and kind of started riding the wave there and was doing really well and having a really great week last week to see him kind of now hit that potentially benched and out with COVID and all this kind of media surrounding it given that he didn't really disclose whether he was vaccinated or not it could just throw out I football is really big on that mental state so you don't know how that's going to affect his game and just the team overall the whole just news around it getting in your head that sort of thing so it'll be interesting to see how the NFL handles it and also he's such a big player so I think Aaron Rodgers is treated differently when it comes to NFL COVID vaccine mandate that sort of thing compared to just any other player per se. <laughs> I am excited to see Jordan Love this week though. Um, like we've heard all this hype about him. It's been two years. He hasn't he hasn't been able to even like get in a game. He's had like I think like five attempts this year, like just in garbage time. But it'll be actually exciting to see him start. Um, I know he has a big arm. I know he's athletic. So I'm I'm very interested. That should be a, a great game against the Chiefs this week. Oh, I if Green if Bay can get lucky and kind of because it went from Favre to Rodgers, right? That's a pretty yeah. good transition. I wonder if, if Love is going to be the one to, I guess, replace Aaron. It would be kind of crazy if that's the reason why he gets replaced. But I'm I'm just sorry, Jack. But I'm just saying, like, if Aaron Rodgers, like, do you think he's the only one in the whole league that kind of lied about being fully vaxxed? Because there's no way. Like, there's got to be another, what, 15, 20% maybe in the league who are like, yeah, I've been immunized. So I'm curious if any more, any more is going to come out like that. Yeah, so you guys – sorry, Jack. I didn't mean to cut you off. You, you guys kind of mentioned the Chiefs, and Jack most, mostly mentioned how they might actually win a game. Uh, what do you guys think is going on with that team right now? Well – I don't think we know. <laughs> it's kind of crazy because it's like the exact same team. The, the, I guess the offensive line's really showing that it, it needs improvements. Um, Mahomes is kind of scrambling like he's always been scrambling, but now his his deflections and tips that are hitting his receiver's hands are actually picked off, which maybe they weren't happening in the last two years. But it's kind of unfair. They set it up for themselves. Like they probably had what the best like three season run and like the history of football almost like regular season at least like literally like offensive powerhouse like almost guaranteed super bowl appearance and now they're struggling um i think they'll get back they'll, they'll make playoffs they'll they'll might be in the afc championship but right now it's uh it's a tough one right now for for patty mahomes and, and his brother TikToking everywhere maybe a bit of karma after that whole incident kind of on the off memorial but that's a whole other story you know every team kind of goes through their ups and downs and to have a good three seasons there you're kind of bound to have a bit of a downturn but just I think it was 
was it Peyton Manning's reaction to that interception? It's just clear they're not the same team at all and have a bit of work to do. So it'll be interesting to see kind of just in the second half of the season, what changes they make, what they do, and if they can make any sort of comeback, just do a bit better. What are they for? for what's their record right now? Four for four, were we saying? Yeah, so yeah, four and four. Quite the quite the shock after last <laughs> the last few years. <laughs> yeah, like I think he's just trying to do too much, and I think in the end, like they'll figure it out. Like it's like those, I think they're like those like Patriots teams where like they might start off slow. Like we question like, oh, is Tom Brady done? Like, oh, is Patrick Mahomes not the same this year? But uh, I think in the end, I think they'll go on a run here. Um, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey just haven't like the past few weeks they just haven't been getting it going and they look so good to start the season um, I think it's inevitable that they'll get their games going I think they're just in a lull um, I think the biggest worry is their defense obviously yeah that's what I was going to uh, say for sure yeah they're uh, but they, they did make a trade they got uh, Melvin Ingram from the Steelers who I know hasn't been great this year um getting up there in age but uh they definitely needed help with their pass rush because they probably have one of the worst d-lines um in the yeah i think they're last in, in rushing yards uh allowed and they're definitely like bottom five in defensive brawl for sure but they're rushing like this swiss cheese back there it's not it's not good ingram should help he was only playing like 30 percent of snaps with the Steelers last couple weeks but i'll take the sixth round pick from yeah, I found a stat that they're 31st in uh, DVOA for both pass and rush, which is defense adjusted value over average. And uh, one thing Not I good. have noticed about them as well is um, I think teams are more effectively game planning for them and covering against the long ball. Uh, there's the highest percentage of uh, two deep safety uh, game plan when playing the Chiefs. Yeah, when you watch their games, like it's it's actually pretty funny to watch the defense. It's how they line up. Like it's clearly a running play, like no matter what. And they still have two deep safeties, like 20, 15 yards back. Like they just won't give it up. They won't let Tyreek Hill get behind. That's that's what defenses are doing. And it's it's kind of working, honestly. Um, it's making Mahomes spend a bit more time in the pocket and with their offensive line, he's getting getting pressured and getting put down. I was going to say, I have faith in Andy Reid, you know, Philadelphia back in the day. He'll, he'll turn it around. I, beyond the homes and all that, he'll, he'll work out the system, like maybe find something that works, make some tweaks, and maybe they'll be back in business, no time coming for the second half of the season. <laughs> yeah, like, I, Evan, you make a good point. Like, the defense are adjusting, like, the way they play them, and I think, like, they've kind of figured it out a bit. Um, how to take away uh, Tyreek they're having to play they're having to do like more methodical drives like like 10 play drives instead of the quick scoring offense that like we've seen in the past and I think eventually they'll figure it out I, like I said I think Mahomes is just trying to do too much like trying to play like the way he's used to playing but defenses aren't allowing that this year so I think they'll make the adjustments Andy Reid's a great coach like great game planner I think they'll figure out a way to get this offensive going in the end all right, so just kind of touching upon um, the past topic, we talked about Odell Beckham and how he was released. Um, so I know you guys were having quite a long discussion of this before we got started. 
Um, but just wanted to touch upon the NFL trade deadlines. Like, uh, what does this mean for that Odell? And wh what are your guys' thoughts on it? It's more like the lack of the NFL trade deadline, I think, really. Like, it's, it's kind of surprising how, like, not just Odell, like, it's like Allen Robinson on the Bears. Like, I'm pretty sure he has an expiring contract. And I don't think the Bears are making playoffs. So, and I doubt he's going to want to come back there unless they just like pay him crazy. So essentially you're losing a pretty good receiver that could probably get you a pretty good pick on um, the upcoming draft. And he just, he's just going to walk for free. Um, it's kind of wild. There's definitely a lot of other examples there. Like I think Brennan cooks on Houston was another one that I was looking to get moved. Um, it's just surprising. Like pretty much every other trade deadline, um, like NHL, MLB, NBA is, is massive. Like it's a full, like there's full like station, like at TSN does a full day of it, full coverage. And I think there was what, like three trades, like Vaughn Miller is pretty big, but, um, but it was just that, like, it was kind of, it was very quiet, which is surprising. The NFL being such a big powerhouse and, and huge entity that that's such a quiet day for them. I found it, I just find it very surprising. I don't know what I'm missing. Maybe Sandy and Mark detail on that. Yeah. I just, I think it's like clear that like GMs do not want to give up picks, especially high picks. And then I think other GMs are just overvaluing their players. Um, yeah, the Allen Robinson thing, I don't understand at all. There's no way he's coming back to the Bears. I think he, he's made it pretty clear he doesn't like the situation. And this season, he's been nowhere to be seen. And I don't know if that's his fault or Matt Nagy's offense, but I think Matt Nagy probably going to be gone this year, uh, after this year. Um, I don't know how he made it last year. Somehow they got in the playoffs, but um, I think it's clear like the Rams are the only team like actually willing to like give up high picks on the trade deadline. Like they did it last year with uh, Jalen Ramsey that paid off for them. Um, didn't in the end, like, but I think getting the number one uh, quarterback was worth it. Um, so I'm be interested to see like how the Rams do and like, in the future, if more uh, GMs are willing, like to spend more at the trade deadline, like get one of these top players like Vaughn Miller, like a Jalen Ramsey. Um, but I think it's just like GMs don't want to risk it at this point. That's the thing. And it's just, it's crazy how just, as you said, there's such, there's not much done compared to other sports. And is it, what are your guys' takes? Do you think it's because the whole team chemistry or it's hard to kind of bring in a new kind of, let's say wide receiver running back at them kind of into the team, working with the quarterback, kind of just get that chemistry going. Or why do you think it's so different from other sports? I guess, Sam, especially you kind of growing up playing football, playing for Laurier, what's your take on why it is so drastically different from hockey per se, or why it kind of just is kind of flies under the radar besides some of those big moves like Vaughn Miller and just him leaving obviously the Broncos it being very emotional but also very exciting because now he kind of you know has the potential to get Super Bowl ring that sort of thing yeah I think it I think it's um I think it's about like the preparation um it's like so hard in the in like football like compared to other sports there's so much like mental you have to learn um and like the short uh, at the trade deadline it's such a short period of time and like to get acclimated with the team especially for the offensive players i think we see a lot more defensive players getting traded the trade deadline especially for those high picks 
Um, I think because it's it's easier to uh, fit into a defense um, midway through the season compared to offense. Um, you just don't have like, especially if you're a receiver, you don't have that like chemistry with your quarterback. It's hard to build that. That's why training camp is so important. Um, so I think these teams would rather just um, do all their their moves in the off season rather than midway through the season and then have a player not work out because we've seen it so many times where. Uh, like the Eagles example, um, they traded for Golden Tate um, in 2018, um, and they gave like gave him like a third round pick for that, and that like failed miserably. Um, he did nothing, and then he just walked at the end of the season. Um, so yeah, I think it's just hard for especially offensive players uh, getting into a system. It just seems like such a loser's mentality, though. Like you're you're not making this trade because you're scared it might not work out. What if it does? Like what if Allen Robinson went to the the Packers or the Ravens and he was just a stud like what if it worked out well like it's kind of it's almost like you're conceding to the Rams at this point it's like oh Rams yeah you guys can stock up we'll just kind of exist and, and get pumped by you guys in the playoffs and and not do anything to try and compete yeah I don't really get it um it, it's kind of weird to me I was gonna say do you think there's any way to there's a solution to that problem to kind of just make it work better so you kind of get bang for your buck like you're wasting almost so much money when or just having players walk like that when you could build a team or get value and make a trade rather than I don't know it just it blows my mind just how the kind of whole system works and stop being a wimp and be a be a take a risk like man it's crazy one one move I thought was good was Mark Ingram to the Saints. Obviously a smaller smaller trade, but um, he played eight years with them with Sean Payton, so he knows the offense already. He has an idea of how the system works, so maybe that's one that could work out a little better. I think one thing that will be interesting, actually not really a trade, but just with kind of Derrick Henry being out, seeing how Adrian Peterson steps in and that works out for the Titans and just the chemistry there, because that'll be an example of how someone could step in and react and have that chemistry with a quarterback coming in mid-season, given that injury, because as we all know, Derrick Henry is a beast to stay the last to say the last in big shoes to Phil obviously has Adrian Peterson has had successful seasons fairly good he's played many years many decent seasons with a lot of teams but huge huge shoes to fill so to come in and mid-season and be able to fill some sort of void obviously their top of their division pretty much guaranteed to make playoffs you don't know they say he might be back for playoffs but definitely out for the season so just kind of seeing him come in and what goes on there and how that works out it could maybe be foreshadowing a way to have more trades in the future and it could be an option I don't know that's why it's such that's why it's so crazy to me like how does Tennessee not trade for Marlon Mack. Like Marlon Mack would be is right now hundred percent better than Adrian Peterson. And you could get Marlon Mack like a fourth or a fifth round pick and still sign Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it it's 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 crazy. Like you said, they're top of the division. Like you're gonna want to get used to it. You have some games leeway. Maybe it doesn't work with Mack. But why does it work with Adrian Peterson? He, he's been sitting on his couch for the last eight weeks. Marlon Mack's been playing and practicing. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I hope maybe cool. next year there's going to be a record-breaking amount of trades and we're all going to be wrong. So who knows what's going on. All right. So Laura kind of touched upon it and we, we did talk about COVID, um, but there's also, there's, a, there's something else I kind of want to talk about is injuries. So um, we've got big names like Zach Wilson, Prescott from the Cowboys. The Giants have a huge list of injuries. The Patriots have a huge list of injuries. Um, do you guys think like this is having a huge effect on these teams or what? Well, on the teams, and I definitely say on everyone's um, fantasy football teams as well, to say the least. <laughs> but yeah, football is just one of those sports. I It's so unpredictable. You go in every season thinking someone is going to have a amazing blowout, crazy successful year, then week one injury out of nowhere. Like... George Kittle, for example, is that just what was it week? What week did he get injured? Four was it? Week four. Week four, yeah. and now he's just coming back, potentially back this week. I think I'm checking right now. He's supposed to be back this week. Oh, I only know because I picked him up because my yeah, I think he's practicing, so he he should be back, but. So yeah, like, it's like football, like it's, you're saying it's unpredictable or it's, it's actually like the most predictable thing. It's, it's a hundred percent injury sport. Like everybody's going to get hurt throughout the year. It's, it's just a matter of fact, if, if you're going to miss yeah. games or not, like it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Like running backs take an absolute beating every single game. Um, I think the practices, they finally learned to kind of lay off a bit. They do like no pads in practice, I think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always been a hundred percent injury sport and something you have to prepare for. I think that's why maybe a lot of parents aren't really putting their kids in football anymore because of how, how rough it is. It's, it's crazy, but um, yeah, it's just something that teams have, that's why the rosters are like 53 man rosters. There's a lot of bodies to go through. Um, but yeah. So there's always going to be injuries and I really, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon because there's major injuries even before the season starts, like people are blowing out their Achilles and ACLs in training camp. Like it just, it just happens. It's just how it works. You say, you say there's a lot of injuries in football, which obviously there is, but I'm more surprised at the amount of quarterbacks that are out right now injured. And they're trying to protect the quarterbacks, right? Like anytime you touch a quarterback, you get a flag. Yeah. But quarterbacks are going down every single week. They're getting rolled up on. They're, they're still getting rocked. Um, yeah, they're just a bunch of fragile, fragile fellows. <laughs> I'm going to say, if you look at uh, Miles Garrett's Halloween costume and his cape of quarterbacks he sacked just prime example it's a one of those sports high contact right you yeah, it was nice when he wore that and uh, lost to the Steelers it was beautiful we didn't have a kicker <laughs> it's just yeah it's you I guess when I guess Sam you can probably more so testify but when you're in the middle of playing it's not like you really know how exactly you're going to hit someone or know how they're going to go down right so it's so unpredictable, but once you have the injuries, it's, you don't know how long you're out or how the body heals. And like you said, that's why you have such a huge roster because you need those guys. It's crazy. And just how insane the level of injuries, the seriousness, just unpredictability. It's a tough sport to be in for sure and not only the physical side but the mental side those injuries take on you as well 
Yeah, like for the the quarterback, like the roughing the passer, like rule, like how they you're not allowed to put force into the quarterback into the ground. Like I think is ridiculous. As like like when I play defense, I would never be able to control my body in that way. I don't know how guys do, and like we see like quarterbacks getting out of sacks now because guys don't want to get the the 15-yard penalty given automatic first down like um so but i understand where the nfl is coming from with that rule like they're trying to protect their stars um like without quarterbacks on like unfortunately like the nfl is not a good product like if they're if we had like 10 quarterbacks injured right now the product would not be the same less people would be watching like so i understand it from a, a business standpoint they're trying to protect their assets but as a defensive player, I, yeah, it is, it's impossible to play defense nowadays with the- Frustrating to say the least, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So- uh, Like you're, you're working, you're working your butt off to try and get past an offensive lineman and then you have to slow up to hit the guy you're trying to hit anyways. Like before it's like you, you wanted to like almost kill the quarterback. That's kind of was your goal as a defensive lineman coming off the edge. But now it's like, you could just have to like push him down. It, it's, it's very different. Yeah, and you can't touch the head. You can't yeah. go below the knee. Like it's a very limited. Yeah, like that much room to hit him. Yeah, I think that's about it. So I think a lot of guys, more guys, are like going for strip sacks now. Um, so it's going to turn into flag football soon. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of brings me to the next topic. I kind of want to discuss. You were talking about some rules that are a bit strange in your eyes being able to actually play football and understand the game but um one of the ones i wanted to discuss was the crackdown on the taunting penalties which i think is absolutely ridiculous like me being a big soccer fan part of the game is the celebrations like you see those minor taunting kind of gestures but like it's part of the game right like what do you guys think about that yeah. I totally agree. I think it's part of the sport. It's it's such a part of the entertainment product. It, like trash talking is part of football. And also, I think this is something that came from the competition committee, the NFL competition committee, which is coaches, owners, GMs. This didn't come from the fans. I think the fans like it. Oh, yeah. Like, I think there should be more taunting in football. Like, <laughs> I think you should be rewarded for taunting instead of penalized. Um, makes the game more fun as a fan. Like, you want more viewers? Like, People are complaining about this like every week on social media. You see it, um, and like they're called the no fun league for a reason. Like, and like a couple of years ago, they they like allowed for more celebrations in the end zone, and then so they take one step forward, and now they do this. They take one step back, but uh, I'm hoping they can change. They change it um, after they see the backlash. Like it's the same with like the. The reviewable pass interference when coaches could challenge the pass interference call like they change that the next year um because it, it's ruining games sometimes like especially in like the fourth quarter when someone gets a taunting penalty just for like making a hit and then standing over a guy or just like saying something it's ridiculous like who was it cd lamb um last week he had like a massive catch or whatever big play and he like waved at the guy like these guys are literally murdering each other on the field, yet you can't go have like a little bit silly when you blow someone up or like you burn a guy in a play. Like it, it makes no sense. Like it, it's kind of like, like you said, like it, 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 I feel like it's going to be out pretty quick. I don't see it sticking around for too long or they're just kind of like ease out of it. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's not fun. No fun league is, is definitely correct. 
Yeah, well, like the, the NFL is very reactionary. So, like, I, I believe this this penalty came because in the Super Bowl, um, I think it was Antoine Winfield Jr. did the peace sign to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, because Tyreek has been doing peace sign like that. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Like, you yeah, got him back. Like, that's yeah, the point. exactly. That was a great yeah. moment. Like, uh, but like these old heads in NFL like want to protect the game or whatever. But uh, yeah, they're very reactionary. They did the same thing with the pass interference after that Saints Rams game when they missed that call. They made it reviewable. They next year they just got rid of it. So hoping for the same for this penalty. It's crazy because it's like little things like even just like flex like you like flexing on something like oh there you go or it's the little things right and it takes the fun as we said for sports fans in the crowd it's like you see that it fires everyone up it just like brings the atmosphere up and for all of us working in sports like selling for you OC selling tickets stuff like that that's the experience you want fans to have right is that engaging atmosphere seeing the players having fun and just getting into it it's like that's what we're all there for especially in the sport of football like a lot of people go to tailgate have a great fun great time on a Sunday a Thursday night or a Monday like you go there for the atmosphere and the players are part of building that and part of that does involve just like getting fired up and you know when you're playing a sport you get competitive and you kind of are like hot in your face type of thing and the fact that it's even a little tiny gesture that is a peace sign or flexing is uh can be like a five thousand dollar fine per se or you do two of those and you're kicked out of the game and it's getting kind of ridiculous so <laughs> hopefully they loosen up a bit because it's just getting to the point where it's like, come on now, some changes need to <laughs> need to be made. Like I get where they started to get cracking down a bit on the celebrations in the end zone where they were getting a little too extreme and some players were taking it. <laughs> no, they were great. More celebrations. I want it all. Right? I'm, like, I'm trying to be, everything. I'm trying to be, you know, play devil's advocate, both sides. Trust me. I love, I loved the, the end zone celebrations. What was it? Zeke jumping into the pod. I think Salvation Army. Uh, I think you got fine for that one. You know, Juju always going off in the end there. I think a bunch of other Steelers were great for all of those celebrations, but I love that whole atmosphere. But hey, I wish they'd bring it back. I see the sportsmen like conduct that they want, but I think they don't need to bring it to this point. All right. So, um, Sorry to cut you guys short. Uh, we're nearing the, the end here. Um, so last week, we kind of did some NHL predictions with our podcast. Uh, I wanted to do something fairly similar to end this session off. Um, so I kind of wanted to focus on the midseason awards. Uh, so the first one, I'm, I'm just going to go through each of you guys. So if you um, if you guys just want to just wait for me to ask the questions, I'm just going to go through Evan first, I think I'm going to start with. So um, if you could give a midseason award, who would you think is the best team so far? Um, we talked about them a bit so far already. Um, I'm going to go with the Rams, mainly because I actually like them that they trade picks and try to get better every every year. So, And they honestly look so good. Stafford looks money. Cooper Cup's been a machine. Um, they just got Vaughn Miller. He's going to be nice um, beside Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So 
they're probably they're my favorite right now for the Super Bowl. Um, and yeah, they've looked like the best, most complete team so far this season. Yeah. For sure. What about you, Sam? As much as it, I hate to say this as an Eagles fan, I think the Cowboys have looked the best this season. Um, the number one concern was their defense, um, always the past few years. But uh, I think they've really, they've really answered those concerns. Um, Trayvon Diggs is playing amazing. Um, their D line's not the greatest, but like Mika Parsons has came in as a rookie and he's looked like the best defensive rookie um, of his class. Um, and like Kellen Moore, their offensive coordinator, I think he showed it last week by playing Cooper Rush. Like he can the the twenty two year old offensive coordinator. Yeah, he looks I, like a baby out there. Eh? Yeah, he's got a baby face. Um, yeah. He was just in the league like five years ago. But uh, yeah, uh, I think he's a he'll be a head coach in the league soon. Um, and yeah, uh, I hate it, but it's the Cowboys for me. I know it's hard not to be biased, so I'm glad you weren't. But <laughs> Uh, Jack, go ahead. Um, for me, it's got to be the Packers. After all the off-season drama with Aaron Rodgers, he just returned with a vengeance. And um, after that huge statement win against the Cardinals last week, uh, that's got to be the Packers. Awesome. Laura? I'm going to have to go with the Bills, you know. Uh, Josh Allen looking pretty good and with kind of Tom Brady leading, leaving the AFC, he uh, kind of is leading the Bills to be first up there. And he's, I'd say, at least an elite quarterback and can lead the team and they're looking pretty good. So they went pretty far last year. So who's to say they're not going to go far this year and would love to see a Super Bowl ring come kind of close to home up here in the north. So I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm very shocked that Laura didn't pick the Eagles. I, you know what? I gotta <laughs> love the Eagles, but respect. Because she watches them play. That's why she, she didn't pick them. So. Hey, last week, <laughs> last week we went off. I will take it. Granted, it was the Lions. I will take it. <laughs> We're going to leave it there. We're just. <laughs> take your win. We'll take, take your win. Move win. on. <laughs> All right, so bringing it back to Evan, the next question was um, best out of nowhere team. This one hurts me too, being a Steelers fan. I have uh, Cincinnati, um, divisional team. Uh, they've looked really good. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase looked nice and sneaky good defense. I was, I was actually pretty surprised how their defense looked this year. So they're looking at five and three right now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they win the division, to be honest. They, they look pretty complete right now, even though they lost to the Jets. What about you, Sam? Yeah, so I'm going to pick the Chargers. Um, like some might say they're not out of nowhere. But I think overall, I think that they can make a run in the playoffs. Um, I, I love Justin Herbert. Um, he's looked awesome. Like his receiving targets, Mike, Mike Williams is having a great year. He's going to get paid this offseason. He's a free agent. Um, Keenan Allen, uh, Austin Eckler. I think the only worry about them is their run defense, but I think they can they can make a run. They're winning the division right now because I don't know they're behind the Raiders in the division, but I think they can they can take over um, and maybe even be ahead of the Chiefs come the years end, come the year end. What do you think, Jack? 
Oh, I got to go for the Bengals as well. I guess maybe kind of the obvious choice, but uh, I mean, what a season Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are having. And then also, um, I mean, their defense has been amazing. They're, the three linebackers have just been killing it for them. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be the Bengals for me. And Laura? Yeah, I have to go with uh, the other three here. It's also the Bengals. What can I say? It's they kind of just came out of nowhere. It's like <laughs> was not expected at all. They're kind of known just not really for being the greatest and have never really kept my eye on them. And then all of a sudden kind of popped off. Joe Burrow is looking great. So it, I think pretty much as three of us picked them, they're quite the obvious choice. <laughs> All right. So um, for this, for this next one, it's kind of a three-parter. I want you guys to name what you think is the top rookie quarterback, the top rookie non-quarterback and who should be MVP for the midseason. Uh, we'll start again with Evan. All right. Top rookie quarterback, I think goes without saying, is clearly Mike White uh, from the Jets. Guy put up 400 plus yards against our out of nowhere picks in Cincinnati Bengals. And I think he's just the one and done. He's not coming back the rest of the year. He, I think he hurt his hand or something last night. So he's going to live on forever as the best rookie quarterback of this season for me. Um, non rookie quarterback. I would go with Jamar and Najee, but I like, I like the defense of, of Mika Parsons on Dallas. I know Sam mentioned him earlier. Um, he's been a machine. He's, he's played already defensive line and linebacker this year. And he honestly looks better as a defensive lineman than he was drafted as a linebacker. So um, he looks really nice. And then MVP, because it's midseason, I can go with Derek. Um, I know he's hurt now, but up until uh, his injury, he was clear cut number one. Just a machine out there. Couldn't be stopped. Um, so I'm going to go with him. Um, yeah, for, for my top rookie quarterback, um, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. I know Jaguars look awful, but I, I'm not putting that blame on Trevor Lawrence. I think he's in a pretty terrible uh, situation right now. Um, I think it, it's hard to choose right now because all the quarterbacks, honestly, have not looked the greatest like Mac some might say Mac Jones has looked the best but I think he's in the best situation um he's not asked to to do as much as some of the other ones um so yeah I'll go with Trevor Lawrence um for non-quarterback I'm going to give some love to the all the big men out there I'm going to go with the offensive lineman I'm going to go with Rashawn Slater from the Chargers um he's a starting left tackle Chargers offensive line has been awful um for like the last like five years now. And I think he, he's given them a lot of stability and he's playing like one of the best uh, left tackles in the league right now. Um, and then for MVP, I'm gonna go with Matt Stafford. Um, he's putting up some, some crazy numbers um, this year. Um, and I think the Rams are just gonna continue to do that. Cooper Cup's going off. Um, so yeah, I'll go with Matt Stafford. Alrighty, I think I guess I'll go next here. Um, I would say that you can't blame Mac Jones for being in a good situation and uh, he's having a hell of a year. So I'm going to have to go with him. He gets the ball out quickly and he seems to be able to perform well under pressure. Um, additionally, the sky is the limit with Belichick. So it's Mac Jones for me. In terms of a non-quarterback, I got to go with Jamar Chase on the Bengals. He is having a historic season with 786 yards so far this year. 
Um, so it's got to be him. And then my MVP is also going to be Matthew Stafford. Um, it's pretty amazing what he's doing, especially coming into a new team with a new system. Uh, and uh, the Rams are looking amazing. So yeah, Matt Stafford for MVP for me. Yeah, so I guess for me, the best, the top rookie quarterback, I'm going with also Mac Jones. So I know got the kind of first seven games looking a little eh, but, um, you know, he completed 24 for 36 uh, passes for 307, 307 yards with two touchdown passes and zero interceptions in that one game against the Jets. So the first 300 and 300 yard effort for Jones's NFL career gives him 1,779 passing yards through seven games. And he ranks fourth in the NFL among qualified passers with a 70.4% completion rate sorry i had to look up stats Laura, to come on with the stats up. here we go right i know because <laughs> i'm like good. i heard it somewhere another pots fan that i know was like going off being like well i this like he's gonna be good so i'm like wait i need to look this up so i looked into the stats and he was right so as much as i like to hate on the pots hey I'll give him my um, top rookie quarterback award. <laughs> so non-rookie quarterback, I'm going to have to go with Najee Harris. Always love him. Stiff arm that one week, I think, was were they playing the Raiders week one? Just to the... He's a beast. Yeah. yeah, just no words. Like, insane. I think he won um, October's kind of he's just nuts he's insane ran 88 times for like 356 yards something like that he's nuts but um my mvp goes to also hard for me to say i can't i'm like i can't even get the words out it's so hard i'm giving it to Dak. um after last season, the Cowboys, as much as I enjoy hating on them, Sam knows division rival, but tough year last year um, for him and just the storyline coming back, being able to kind of step into that leadership role, even though he's kind of dealing with some injury stuff right now. He's been great. He's been doing an amazing job and kind of just seeing, I think there is a article or post or something. He kind of has something written on his arm just about like mental health and promoting that. I just think all around beyond the sport aspect, he's just stepping into that role for the NFL to just beyond playing and being a great all-star <laughs> wow that was words aren't working there being a great just talent for the league team cowboys all around he's mvp on and off the field there we go <laughs> amazing um so just to end off with this last question we obviously can't leave our defensive players out so uh this last one evan is just defensive player of the year yeah i'm gonna go back to the this Cowboys defense uh, kind of really surprised me here. Um, I'm going back-to-back -back Cowboys pick here. Trayvon Diggs um, is my pick. I would give a very good honorable mention to TJ Watt being uh, my Steelers, but Trayvon Diggs, he, he's just been an interception machine. I think he's at seven picks already, two of them for touchdowns. Um, teams are just going to stop throwing his way, but uh, right now he's, he's my uh, defensive player of the year. 
Yeah, for me, shout out to TJ Watt. Um, it was up between Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, but I'm going to go with Miles Garrett. Um, he's on pace for over 20 sacks this year. Uh, he has 10 and a half right now through eight games, which is pretty crazy. Uh, TJ Watt's right behind him. Um, but I think Miles Garrett overall is the best defensive end in the league right now. Um, against the run, rushing the passer, I think it's it's pretty clear. And have you guys seen the pics of him like off the field? Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> Some of the pics they don't look real. His um, arms are are so big. Yeah. Like yeah. he, I think it was two games ago he played without sleeves for the first time. Yeah. And then he got like a a random. Uh, steroid test or, or substance test that the very next second we went in the room. So, yeah, that guy is like a freak and he's so fast for how big he is. And just, yeah, he's a machine. Yeah, his arms look inflated. Um, <laughs> they've been blown up. Um, but yeah, the only thing that worries me is how well Cleveland's going to do the rest of the year because I think defensive player usually goes to like a top team. Um, but yeah, I think he's leading the league in sacks. Uh, I think he's been the best pass rusher this year. For me, I'm going to go with the incumbent Aaron Donald. Um, he's having an awesome year, and uh, I think he's just uh, he's going to repeat again for sure. Um, and with Vaughn Miller coming in there too, I think it's going to make him look even better. Um, I know two of you guys passed on TJ Watt, but I'm going to go with TJ Watt, you know, and he has what something I think I might be looking at some later stats but he's kind of on track he has some odds at winning defensive player at the year this season so hey I've always liked him the Watt, Watt family producing some pretty good players so I'm gonna go with TJ Watt take someone from your team OC <laughs> amazing a lot of variety there all right, so just a final, final question for you guys. Uh, just kind of want to bring it to the Super Bowl 2022. Um, so just some predictions. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys, who do you think is going to play in the game? Um, and who do you think is going to win it? We'll start with Evan. All right, I got Jack's Bills um, will be representing the AFC. And they'll be playing the home team of the LA Rams. They're hosting. They're going to do what Tampa Bay did last year, playing in their own building, and they're going to smack them around and, and take, take the dub. So I got, I got Rams over Bills at home. Uh, for me, I have the Ravens representing the AFC. I know, I know OC doesn't like that pick. Um, <laughs> but I think and like Lamar has not looked great in the playoffs these past few years, but I just think this is the year. Um, that he puts it all together, especially if they get Odell. I think their offenses look great. Um, they've they've gotten like random running backs off the street. Like they've signed like like four free agent running backs this year. Um, they can plug anyone into that offense, and they'll produce they'll produce rushing yards no matter what. Um, so I got the Ravens, and then for the NFC, I have the Rams. Um, I think adding Vaughn Miller just. Um, just takes that defense to the next level. They're number one in sacks this year. And then now you're adding Von Miller. I know he's a little older, but I still think he'll produce, especially next to Aaron Donald. Um, but in the end, I'm going to pick the Rams to win it. Or sorry, <laughs> the Ravens to win it, actually. Lamar's going to get it done this year. Final answer? Are you sure about that? I'm not even sure you know. 
no, no. I just R R A R A got me messed up, but Ravens for sure. Fair enough. Got to get some money on it. Jack, what do you think? So you guys can call me biased, but I don't care. I've got my two favorite teams in the Super Bowl, the Packers versus the Bills, and Aaron Rodgers is going to get it done. It's going to be the Packers. And I also want to say uh, I am very excited for the halftime show this year. You have Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem representing their hometown LA playing. It's I think it's going to be really, really good. So wanted to throw that in there as well. Yeah, I... <laughs> unreal halftime show and like for that reason I'm really hoping that it is the Rams who kind of make it and play at home just because that would be kind of incredible to have that there but and my other pick would be the Bills I'm really torn I don't know if I see it kind of going to Buffalo I think the Rams I'm going to go with Buffalo. Do you know what? I have my hopes. We're going with Buffalo. It's Buffalo's year, but Rams and Buffalo for sure, I think are going to be the top two. It's really close. Um, in the back of my head, like my gut is telling me it will be the Rams, but I'm going with Buffalo. <laughs> no love for Tom Brady. And then yeah, we just there. we just confirmed Brady's Brady's winning it. Yeah, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Brady, no love for Brady anymore. Brady, like he's he's the goat, but he has to the the rain has to come to an end. <laughs> he's washed. He's washed. If you only ever bet on him winning Super Bowl every year, I think you'd be very comfortable in in your sports betting. So it's hard to go against him, but we all just did. So we're screwed. <laughs> All right, awesome. And I think that about wraps up episode 25 of our rookie, of our rookies podcast. Sorry. Uh, I first of all want to thank you four for joining me today. It was uh, great to hear all of your inputs. And uh, I also want to thank all of our viewers for tuning in and uh, hopefully see you guys on the next one.